0: Right, good afternoon, and welcome to conversations i am <laughs> I am Lisa Vivy, and I am here with mary beth who 's the president of the Nevada Broadcasters Association, and Eric Benici, the executive director thank you. welcome today thank you and Thanks for glad having to be here we 're very excited that you 're here and we 're very excited about the, what the association has going on and uh, Before we get started with that, I'd like to know just a little bit of background about each one of you, if you'd like to start, Mary Beth. Sure. My name
1: is Mary Beth Seewald. I'm the president of Nevada Broadcasters Association. Very proud to be so. I started this position in January of this last year, and prior to that, I was general manager of KRNV News 4, the NBC affiliate in Reno, and uh, worked for what was the Sunbelt Company for many, many years, uh, 23, I guess, total. Wow. So I started here in Las Vegas as a baby reporter and associate producer in news, and then worked my way over to sales and up the food chain to uh, general
0: manager. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Impressive. Thank you. And now with the association here. Yeah, so
1: now, you know, it was a great natural transition for me to go and to take all that experience that I had in the broadcasting industry and take it to the statewide association. So now I'm advocating for my industry uh, we we provide a lot of services at the association to help broadcasters serve their public even better.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. And Eric,
2: well, myself, I'm a 30 year radio vet. I have a family that is in broadcasting. My sister in law was in TV. My brother radio
1: royalty over there. Yeah. I think so. I think so. <laughs>
2: yeah. So after 30 years of um, being in radio, I actually started looking into a new direction and pursuing. Um, Interest in the nonprofit world, and um, because I was always involved in nonprofit, and lo and behold, I get a call that my predecessor, um, Adam Sandler, not the actor Adam Sandler, I was just about no, ready to
0: ask that. Just
2: coincidence. <laughs> he um, was leaving the job and um, pursuing a lobbying career, and they asked if I would be interested in leaving radio and joining the team over at the Nevada Broadcasters Association. And it was just a natural tie-in because it seemed to have um satisfied both of my passions, broadcasting and working with the nonprofits wow, so that
0: is very good, yeah,
2: that was only a year ago
0: well, and, and glad to have him i uh, am I bet I'll bet <laughs> I've known you what
2: long time long long 19 time years yeah, 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 back
0: and forth throughout radio and t v exactly and now you have get quite to- the history yourself, <laughs> we're lucky enough to have both of you sitting here uh with us today. Uh, please uh, let us know what the Nevada Broadcasters Association does for the community.
1: The association does a lot. We we do things. We advocate for our broadcasters. We we are the office that represents all of Nevada's broadcasters, radio and TV, throughout the state. Okay. So Reno, Vegas, uh, Elko, the outlying areas as well. And you know, I've spent a lot of time in Carson City advocating for uh, uh for our industry and working on legislation there. Also Washington D.C. There are a lot of issues that come down politically that could potentially be detrimental to our industry and ultimately the First Amendment, in some cases, free speech. So it's a very important position in terms of advocating for the rights of broadcasters and so forth. And, you know, to the degree that we can do that, it makes our industry that much stronger and more robust so that we can better serve our communities like Las Vegas, you know, the smaller areas, especially where, that information is so crucial. For example, you have Amber Alerts and EAS when during times of emergency. I mean, it's critically important that we as broadcasters are able to reach our communities and inform, and, inform them of any
0: kind of dangers that might exist. Absolutely, and when did that come into effect? The Amber Alert with the emergency alert.
1: Yeah, there are two. EAS is, is has been in effect for, for several years. Amber Alert just came into effect a few years ago, and Nevada was one of the first states to uh, initiate the the Amber Alert. So we're really really proud of that. My predecessor really was largely responsible for that, Bob Fisher. Okay. And uh, nice. so so we're very proud of that, especially because it serves, you know, you know what the Ember Alert is, and, and we use them a lot. And so anytime there's a missing child or anything like that, I mean, it has really served the community.
0: I like that. that that's strong.
2: That's you know, and Mary Beth hits on a very important facet. As the Nevada broadcasters and broadcasters at large, aside from, you know, bringing you great, quality of radio or television our job is also serve the public mm-hmm. and in that um the generosity of all the broadcasters and that's part of what i do at the association is they are so generous and they offer parts of their inventory their tv and radio radio commercial time to our office we then reach out to nonprofit organizations to assist them with their public outreach so the public can know more about what they do. So it works out really well.
0: That's very good. That's very good. And does cable have to answer to the same as broadcasters? No, they don't. They are not regulated by the FCC. And do you see that changing any time in the near future?
1: Well, that's a tough question. I mean, broadcasters would would like to to see some equality there. I think in some cases it it's a, it makes it tough. It, it we definitely would like to level the playing field competitively that way. So cable enjoys a lot more freedoms with their programming, and they have a lot of latitudes on things that they can air that broadcasters cannot. Mm-hmm.
0: And as far as ratings with with cable and and ratings with television. I know Nielsen there's there's changing the rating the way they do ratings it's going to be on a monthly basis. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. And it's it's very there's some disconcerting things that are happening in the
1: ratings industry as it relates to television especially. And it it's another challenge that we face and so that could be potentially another area where the Nevada Broadcasters Association would take a leadership role and stand up and and be be the voice
0: for Nevada broadcasters. Okay. All right. I understand we have a question in the chat room.
3: Actually, we have a statement in the chat room. Okay. We, we've, okay. Got, we've got Julie who's chimed in, and Julie said, broadcasters don't really like cable. And she says, and they pass their expense on to you as a consumer. What say you, panel?
2: Well, I'm going to chime in on that. As far as um, pa- passing the expense off to the consumer, I don't believe that network tv costs a dime i believe it's the cable that actually charges
1: is that are we understanding the question correctly because broadcasters we provide free over the air yeah. television however if you want to see uh, television through cable or satellite then you pay that cable or satellite company you do not pay the TV stations yeah so we don't we don't charge we're we're the last bastion of free over the air TV did that answer
0: Oh okay, okay, all right, yeah Go okay, ahead.
1: so yeah, so what we were saying is that television provides free over the air uh programming. And then, you know, the cable companies or the satellite companies, if you, if you would like to see our signal over cable or satellite, you're welcome to purchase that through those companies. Exactly. Very good. Very good. Tell me a little bit about your why. What is your why, Mary Beth? Um, in, in terms of why I do, what you do, do the job, what's my why in terms of why? You know, I'm very passionate about the industry. Broadcasting gets in your blood. Yes. I've done this since I really was a kid. My first job in the industry was as a radio disc jockey at, at KSLQ Radio in Washington, Missouri, and wow. we had the old 8-track tapes. That so You might remember <laughs> that. I was I, I was in high school for my first radio job, and I always wanted to be a journalist, and, and there is something about serving the community and doing stories and reporting on issues that are important to the community, and you get feedback from viewers or listeners, as the case may be with radio, And it's so gratifying when you can do a story that actually affects a lot of people and they actually have called me in the past and said, you know what, I'm so thank you for doing that story because it it changed my life. I've actually had that happen. So I think as, as broadcasters, it's at the core of our very existence is that we are here to serve our communities. And however we do that, like Eric said, with entertaining programming or our newscast, we are here to educate and inform the public. So
0: I think that's my why. That, okay. That's to in I like a nutshell. it. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, we have another uh question or statement in the chat room?
3: Yes, actually, another good one is will cable ever become a la carte?
0: Oh. Who.
1: You know, possibly. There are a lot of technological advances happening in across our industry for radio, television, cable, satellite. Uh You know, I think when you say a la carte is sort of on demand, and I think people are, the the industry is trending toward more on demand as opposed to the old must-see TV with friends when you had to sit down on Thursday night at 8 o'clock and watch Friends or you would miss the water cooler the next day. That's right. Now, uh, people, you know, and I feel like the broadcasting industry, we, we are trying to be leaders in technology and leaders, and we want to be where our consumers are. And if that's not a 5 o'clock newscast, we sure better be on mobile, Mm -hmm. or uh, mobile especially, or online and so forth. So we want to be where our consumers are so that they have us to choose from. So a la carte, you know, I would say, yeah, and I, I call that on demand. I think viewers want it when they want it, how they want it. And is that being rated? No, not yet. Do do you see that? Not yet. The only way to really rate sort of like online, you know, how you can you can get your metrics and you can view clicks and so forth that but in terms of, well, cable is cable is rated. I mean, they're in, included in Nielsen. Right. So
0: it, that's one the, of
1: the challenges, though. The
0: mobile device, where everyone is all the time carrying this, and this is where the viewing's happening. Right. Will they be able to get it down to the mobile device? Yeah,
1: you know, there are companies working on that. Uh, Nielsen is working on that. And so I know that they, as the industry changes and moves to those other formats and platforms like mobile, mm-hmm. they will absolutely have to find a way to measure it
0: yeah i I would think that would be coming up soon because that's kind of uh right I mean how many mobile phones are there i mean mil- millions maybe it's, billions it's at this point. it's becoming
1: the dominant um platform yes,
0: okay we have another chat
3: yes, actually we have two well okay. one of the, one of them is uh what is the pan- panel's opinion of cable cutters people that just cut it and then once you answer that, I'll ask you another one
0: in terms Do- of
1: Yeah, they cut the cord. You know, I think that's a viewer's choice, and there are so many options anymore. You can get programming online. Um, I I don't particularly have a bias that way. Of course, I am a little, I am obviously biased toward broadcast. So our local networks and our local programming, we, broadcasters are the only Radio and TV are the only place where you can actually get local information. You get traffic reports. You get local news. You get the local high school football report. So, um, you know, in terms of cutting the cord with with cable, um, I I think that demand is demand. And if people are not into watching their cable channels anymore, um, you know, I think that's just... The marketplace, and, and I have to speak and from experience. Supply and demand. Go ahead. I have to speak on
2: um, experience myself, and I don't know if it's cutting the cable purposely or whatever, but I have not had cable in over fifteen years, and I, uh, can... and I, I rely a hundred percent on network.
0: <laughs> I I must say that I haven't had it. Uh, well, let's see. I I retired from broadcast two years yeah. ago, so, <laughs> but safely for two years. Yeah. Yes. So and I, And that's the
2: wonderful thing is, is you, in America, we have options if yes. you want cable, you can have cable if you're old fashioned like or myself satellite or, or satellite mm-hmm. or 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 as you pointed out Lisa, you're mobile you, it's wonderful
0: yes, it is and do we have another question over there, Jesse?
3: Actually, we have two big points by Julie first she says most it's most true that broadcasters do not have cable, so that was that's a good one, and also Julie says you still have to pay. A cable fee per month on demand, and other channels are on a free basis. Broadcast is uh, sorry on a fee basis, and broadcast is free, and it is the best. That's what she says.
0: Okay, we. Well, good for Julie. Yeah, we we (laughs) second the motion. We like Julie. Thank you. you. Is there anything new uh, coming up with the association that you can share with us?
1: Well, there are a lot of new things happening with the association. We are forging, I think, some new roads uh, in terms of things that we want to provide as resources to, to our broadcasters in the state of Nevada. So there are a lot of things that are happening that are new. Um, Any, anything you can sneak out and share that might be coming up? Well, let me see. Well, yes, there is. This is, this is more legislation in the works. Okay, And we, we went to Carson City to the legislature with this, this last legislative session, and Mm -hmm. we'll go back again. But broadcasters have a very sincere desire to expand the marketplace and provide, you're aware, you're familiar with legal notices that you see in the newspaper. Yes. And they're usually kind of hard to look at. They're in tiny Mm -hmm. print. And we would like to, because, and unfortunately, and I love newspapers, But fewer and fewer people are reading them. Most definitely. People, again, are going to their phones and so forth and reading these things on mobile and online. So broadcasters would like to expand that marketplace and provide those um, public notices on the Internet. And we would like to be the administrators of that. So Mm, there is legislation that we have to get passed in order to be able to do that and make it sort of count. So that's that's Is, is that coming up in the near future. Uh, the legislative session just ended, so we'll have another two years to go back, okay. so we'll be working on that. Let I like that. For that. I like that
0: a lot. It well, makes sense the, you to know, move.
1: It sounds boring, Lisa, but the implications of it could be enormous, especially in the outlying areas where if a small little newspaper went out of business... Then those folks would have no access to legal notices mm-hmm. or public notices. Mm-hmm. So, we broadcasters want to take those public notices and make them truly public. Yeah. What we're good looking point, for is point. a fair
2: and equal access to the public because right now the law dictates that the only um, place that you can post a public notice is in the newspaper. We're simply presenting an option that the public would have their decision of either going broadcast or traditional newspaper.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're not saying to do away with public notices in Absolutely. the newspapers. We're just saying expand the marketplace to include broadcast. Exactly. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that
0: a lot. We have another uh, chat in the room?
3: Yes, we actually have a great uh, additional question. And it's the question is, what will happen to the analog channels that broadcasters gave up?
1: Ah, somebody knows about the spectrum auction.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, those channels, So, so... Broadcasters are in the thick of a pretty big legislative issue right now with the FCC, really, where the FCC has reclaimed spectrum. So the broadcasters live on what we call spectrum. Mm -hmm. That's how we put our signals out over the air. Uh, We live on very valuable real estate to try to explain it. And so valuable, meaning the the telephone companies, mobile, uh, digital, would AT&T, companies like that would like to purchase that spectrum. The, F, the, the federal government, the FCC, the federal government owns that spectrum, and broadcasters sort of lease it, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. We have our broadcast licenses. So because we can now be seen on cable and satellite, uh, we do not have to be free over the air, and we do not have to occupy that space on the spectrum anymore, theoretically. There is about 10% of the population across the country who gets their broadcast tv still free over the air Mm -hmm. so there is a segment of the population that can't or won't buy satellite or cable so they get it free over the air so when when the spectrum auction finishes and the analog channels go away and we're all on digital well we are all on digital now um, then you will have no choice you will not be able to use your rabbit ears and get us free over the air anymore oh you
0: will have to purchase our signals by satellite or cable. Okay, all right, and thank you very much for that. Another uh, question in the chat room.
3: Yes, This this, this one is a really good one. What are your thoughts on approximately six to seven companies owning cable, TV, radio, and print, and sometimes outdoor, and is that a fair voice to the community?
1: you want to take that one, Eric? Sure.
2: (laughs) It's interesting, you know, as time changes, you know, corporations are taking over, and, you know, is it changing the face of the industry? It absolutely is, but as we are, as individuals mature, we have to keep up, and that's we really have no choice in the matter. It is what's happening in society. So, you either put up with it and adjust to it. I think it all has advantages because big corporations. Or, or disadvantages. There are great things and there are disadvantages to everything in right, life. Right, right. And when big corporations take over, um, some might argue that they're weeding the little guy out. Yes. Um, but there are those businesses that like to do business with the smaller mom and pop as well. It's true
1: i get that question a lot and and i would say that i would echo exactly what eric said but i would also add to that that in every community we our broadcasters are locals yes from the the local managers of the stations to the anchors and reporters and the Mm -hmm. account executives we live here and we know that our reputation uh exists because we report the facts and we do good journalism mm-hmm. and we are good business people and we're good advocates in our community, especially for our industry. So regardless, I think, I hope, maybe I'm being naive, but regardless of the fact that our company may be owned by a big conglomerate, we're here, still here to serve our communities. And I believe that all of the, the journalists I know, especially here in Nevada, In terms of news coverage, you know, and not skewing the facts and not reporting politically in ways that, you know, you take a side. And I know that that has been the national trend. And it kills me to see the national media be conservative or, um, you know, uh, and take sides and all of that. But I I still believe that our local journalists try very, very hard to be unbiased and to report the facts for their communities
0: that they serve. Very, very good. Well, I know that uh, time is running out and we could be here for an hour, and I would like to also cover the uh, 20th annual gala that's coming up for uh, the Tony and Linda Benici uh, Foundation.
2: Sure, sure. Um, It's August 15th, the the Nevada Broadcasters Association hosts our annual Hall of Fame um, gala, and what that's about is we induct people who have been in the broadcasting industry for twenty years or more, and five of those years here being in Nevada, into the Hall of Fame. And How exciting. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. And this year we have quite a large number of inductees because it's quite the process, you know. It, I'm sure it, it is. Some people just think you know, as long as you've been in the industry for twenty years, you automatically accept it. But no, you have to go through, and um, we actually go through the applications and make sure that they are you know, worthy to be inducted. And we also um, have honorees that Mary Beth um, probably can tell you more about because she is working firsthand with them.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's very exciting, Lisa. You know, this year we have our Pinnacle Award recipient is Harry Reid, Senator Harry Reid and his wife, Landra. Senator Reid has done so much for our industry Mm -hmm. in Washington, D.C. At every turn, if there was something that was threatening to our industry, He would always stop, you know, stop and say to us and look us in the eye, hey, this is never going to go anywhere because it would hurt our industry. And he says, you know, and we've had a a, you know, there are always a challenging relationships scenario when you have uh, legislators, politicians being asked Mm. tough questions by journalists. But he knows that's our job and he understands the value of our industry. So at every turn, he has been just a, a hard, fast, steadfast Uh, advocate for us. So Harry Reid gets our pinnacle award. We also have MGM Resorts International with the Community Achievement Award. They do so much for the community here in Nevada. Um, So we wanted to recognize them for all the philanthropy that they do. Mm -hmm. They're just tremendous people. And then also our Lifetime Achievement Award is Linda Benici who Eric could speak about yeah, <laughs> being yeah. part of the family. Kind of know her. And then <laughs> kind of know <laughs> a little her, bit. Uh, sister-in-law. And then uh, we are honoring my predecessor, Bob Fisher, who ran the association for, I think, 23 years wow. prior to me. So, That's yeah, we have a deal. great lineup of four wonderful, deserving honorees and then 62 legends in the field of broadcasting. And are tickets still available for this event? They are. You can go to nvbagala.org.com. Sorry, nvbagala.com. Okay. And you can purchase tickets online. It's at the Four Seasons, Las Vegas, okay. on August 15th. The cocktail hour starts at 5.30, and then we'll move into dinner at 6.30. And uh, Eric has been running a, what it will be a very exciting silent and live auction with nice. great great items
2: yeah we're um, hosting the silent live auction as Mary Beth pointed out and I won't go into it too much because um, your guests next week I believe are Tony and Linda that Benici, is right
0: that is right
2: who yes the name is familiar it's my brother and his wife who the foundation um, honored with a few years back by naming a scholarship fund in their name the Tony and Linda Benicia scholarship fund to where hundred um, percent of proceeds of our fundraising efforts benefit their foundation, their organization of the um, uh, the scholarship fund. And we award full tuition scholarships to talented and dedicated students of broadcasting who want to be in the industry. And we've been in existence for five years and... This year, we are boasting that we are setting a record by awarding 22 scholarships this year. Wow. Yeah. That's a
0: big deal. Yeah. It do you isn't, ha- its isn't. So, I'm sorry to no, interrupt you. I was just going to say, do you have a success story of one of these recipients that have gone on that has made it to an anchor position or such?
2: What, what's exciting about it, do we, have a, we have several success oh, nice, stories. Nice. Part of the scholarship uh, requirements is that we place you in an internship as well while you're going to school. And I'm going to say all but one of our students has successfully gone on to seek full time employment at the station, whether it's radio or TV, that they are that they were doing their internship at.
0: Wow. We have news
2: anchors that are in Reno and, and jocks on the radio here in Las Vegas that are scholarship recipients of the Nevada Broadcasters Foundation that are now working full-time, and if not, as they say, for the opportunity through the Tony and Linda Bonici Scholarship Fund, they would have not been able to pursue their
0: dream. Wow. That is so cool. Were, were you going to say something to well, that effect? I well, I had
1: the unique experience of being able to be uh, on the selection committee this year, and it was a brutally difficult job for us to choose because you know sometimes we look at kids these days and we think oh they're in the entitlement generation or they're lazy or they're not motivated or inspired these kids i have to tell you were so buttoned up and so smart we all left these interviews we were the ones who were inspired and motivated by them because they were you know i remember what i was like when i was you know in high school and I, and I was pretty motivated, but these kids are stars. Wow. Absolute superstars. So it's exciting to know that this young generation is coming up and mm-hmm. they will be the ones that we will pass the torch to,
0: to maintain and keep our industry thriving and growing. Okay, and thank you for that. We have another question in the chat room. Actually,
3: this is a great comment. Uh, a new chat person says, you must feel so proud to have so many qualified candidates and uh, it also says, "Do th- do you plan to offer more scholarships?"
2: Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I um, I was kind of eating my words because when I assumed this responsibility of being the the foundation's executive director only long year ago. I set out a mission to do a tour of every high school in the state of Nevada, which I successfully did, and to just preach the word of the scholarship opportunities. And um, the overwhelming response of applicants that we received was so exciting. But on the same hand, we are 100% fundraising, fundraise driven. So we don't have the funds to be able to award Everybody, so yeah. that's when the elimination process comes. Do we have plans of awarding more? We will continue to award scholarships <laughs> as long we as the generosity yeah. continues to come in with the donations.
1: Nice. Yeah, we do these fundraisers, of course. I think Eric may have said at the gala that we were just talking yes. about, all the proceeds from the live and silent auction go toward funding these scholarships. Right So on. if anybody wanted to make a donation or, or give us some prizes and so forth for our auctions you know we would be very appreciative
0: okay okay and we do have one last question uh, to fit in before the end of the show
3: yes the big question how to do more fundraising how do you do it
0: Ooh, oh boy (laughs) (laughs) that's a mouthful (laughs) you know (laughs)
2: no actually it's a great question because we are constantly looking for avenues because what we're at the point now where we have to reach out outside of the broadcasters because you can't keep going the same well. So what we do is constantly create events, tie in with corporations and corporate fundraising efforts. For example, we're tied in right now with the biggest loser. We all seen that on TV Well, they're doing a five K run here and we are the beneficial, um, benefiting, um, scholarship that money is going towards. Um, we're tying in with, um, downtown who's going to be hosting concerts, um, low dough concerts and we'll be getting a dollar for every uh, ticket sold so we're constantly looking for ways to tie into fundraising events and we'll also take in kind donations
0: okay you know if you don't have your chatters know that if you would uh, please exactly okay well listen we are about ready to wrap up the show but i'd like to let everybody know where they can find us and that is on itunes stitcher roku apple tv google video vegas video network and uh and then uh, lastly coming up next week is tony and linda bonici here to talk about the their foundation and of course the wonderful gala that's upcoming so thank you both for being here today oh thanks for having uh, us we'll have you back again someday soon thanks again
2: thanks for coming.